Now, Steve finds in the house Saint Steve's Day. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yes, I, I, I think you're, really work, you're referring to my brother, St. George. You don't, um, really, you don't really get saints called St. Trevor, do you? Or St. <laughs> Craig? No, no, no. It's very sad, isn't it? But, but, nor, nor do you get a St. Cyril. St. Cyril. Well, that brings us very nicely to what we're going to talk about. I think we need to discuss the chief executive's package. Yes, and I don't want to be personal because I'm sure he's got a very nice package. But um, when it comes to elections... I mean, if anybody had seriously thought, and, and there were people who seriously thought that the government was working towards some sort of compromise proposal, some sort of package that might give anybody in the Democratic camp who was slightly wavering a reason to vote in favour of this so-called election reform package, they've effectively said, and these are words that you can't say on the radio, so I'll just put it simply, you must be kidding. There is no hint of a proposal that, that represents any compromise, no expansion of the election committee, no lowering of the threshold for the number of votes that are required to um, allow a candidate to go forward, no, no changes in the composition of the rotten boroughs that make up the election committee. You know, the fact that, 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 that I think it's something like 20% uh, of the seats are occupied by Hong Kong's very extraordinarily large fishing and agricultural community, clearly representing their, their importance to the economy of Hong Kong, etc., etc., etc. Yet, it is claimed that none of this is supposed to be um, a method for, for ensuring that no Democrat is allowed to stand. Well, you know, please just don't insult people's intelligence. That's entirely what it's about. There is much talk of compromise in the air, but apparently it's all got to come from one side. <laughs> you know, you compromise and I'll say it's good. But on our side, we don't have to bat an eyelid. That's what the government is saying. And... I've said this on this programme before, I, I don't seriously think that the government wants this package, or, or, or I don't think they really care whether this package is, is passed or not, because either way, from their point of view, they win. If they can get through a North Korean-style election system, in other words, where everybody can vote for the candidates approved of by the Communist Party, they're happy. If the same old rotten system under which... 1,200 people select the chief executive, carries on, they're happy. So they're not really worried. Their real aim is as it has been all along the piece, and now we can see it's about to be put into yeah. much more ferocious action. Their real aim is to defeat the democratic movement in Hong Kong. That's what they're really interested in doing. That's what this campaign will be about. And, um, you know, and it was very brave of Hong Kong's leader, Siwai Lung, who I know doesn't really have any time to be in Hong Kong because he, he's only allowed to make sort of duty visits when he takes a break from being in China. But it's very brave of him. Well, he had a duty visit. He actually came to Hong Kong yesterday. I don't know whether you, you, you noticed that. He says he can't be in Hong Kong for the launch of the campaign on Saturday because he's got pressing duties outside of the territory. But he's always got pressing duties anywhere else. So he's very bravely said... This is the most important It's event. so important, in it's fact. It's so important that I'm putting my number two in charge of it. And I'm, well, I'm busy. I'm in the mainland. I've got to visit, you know, Ningbo, um, the satellite city of Ningbo, because there's a very important new technological development going on there to and do with no-speaking machines. And their lunches are the business. Oh, 
Hey, listen, I've got an email here from John, who quite rightly says, I must admit, is there much point in discussing the CSCE package, etc.? Well, you've got a good point. There, there may not be, but it's fun. It's fun. And can, can I just say, John, I know what you're saying, but of course this isn't, this is not the Hong Kong government's package. This is the package that was devised in Beijing. It wasn't even, they don't make any pretense of the fact that there was any local input into this. This was a package devised in the inner circles of, of the Chinese Communist Party and rubber-stamped by the National People's Standing Committee, um, who, as you know, is a very vigorous and openly debating body in which actually anybody who's a member of it is entitled to say yes, which I think is, is very good and very open of them. So this is a package that, that if you had the smallest doubt, the smallest doubt that there was serious intention of preserving the one country, two systems formula for Hong Kong. You will now know that that, ain't, that just ain't going to happen. That is not happening. That is not the plan. Let me ask you this. Is it the guts of what's happening or is it how it's being actioned? Because it strikes me as just setting people against people. Well, you see, it's in a, both. In a, in a bad I, think, way. <laughs> I think it's both. I think it's both. I mean, the, the, the reality is that what's being offered, it... it, it it is nothing even vaguely resembling a democratic election. I mean, the idea that, that you can vote for anybody who's been pre-vetted by the Chinese Communist Party doesn't constitute a, an election by anybody's standards. But also absurd is the idea that, that, that um, somehow this will, this will break the political impasse. What? Can you imagine? Just can you imagine what would happen should they indeed managed to get a few Democrats to wander to the other side of the aisle and support it. Can you imagine the explosion on the streets if that happened? That would actually be a bigger explosion because there would be this sense of betrayal than there would be if the package was, was voted down. So if the package were to be passed, is there any idiot still alive seriously saying, oh, well, we've now solved Hong Kong's constitutional problems. All that they've done is, is substituted one problem for another, one form of stalemate for another. There is no suggestion, there is no element of a suggestion here that, that there is a way forward. And just in case you were thinking this is stage one and there's going to be stage two and stage three... And Which was hinted all, at yesterday. Well, it was hinted at, except for it was then promptly knocked on the head. I mean, <laughs> as Carrie Lam said, well, you know, well, you know, it's not for us to say, you know, there may well be developments, but, you know, we're not promising you anything. Why don't you just listen to what they say? If you wanted to make a promise of something better in stage two, you would make that promise. The singular fact that it ain't been made tells you all you need to know about the quality of a promise that hasn't been made. I mean, you know, I've been kind of around politics for a long time and it, it, or you don't need an advanced degree in understanding political speak to know that when a promise ain't made, it ain't going to be fulfilled. I tell you what, I've been hearing a lot of recently in the news, a poll conducted by the DAB, a poll conducted course, by... Or indeed, a poll conducted by the government. Yeah, and apparently they're all showing this overwhelming public support for the package. We can't tell you, unfortunately, what question was asked because, um, uh, 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 because it's none of your business. We can't tell you how the poll was conducted because uh, uh, that's none of your business. All I'm saying is, if these polls are genuine and indeed people were asked a question... And how they were asked. Yes, well. I was going to that, say, were well, asked a, big, a question topic. capable of... of, of, of 
genuinely reflecting their opinion. And if indeed the majority of the public do support this package, then I think the, the, the Democrats do have to take that very, very seriously indeed. But you have to be slightly worried about relying on public opinion polls when you're not even told what questions are asked, what methods were employed to conduct these polls, etc., etc. Now, as it so happens, not as it so happens, it happens to be the case that as of tomorrow, I believe it is, the um, Hong Kong University's polling organisation will be conducting daily polls. Now, they have a reputation for objective polling analysis. Let's see what actually a real poll conducted by international standards comes out how's he going to do it do you know because do you remember that big one about i do know would you accept this and this on the phone as it so happens just before coming into the studio i I spoke to to robert chung who's in charge of this and he said that that they do it by this internationally um recognized method of telephone polling in which all the all of the questions and answers are recorded therefore they're they're they can be independently scrutinised as to their veracity. And they, they, they have this um, random selection method which, which produces, you know, a, a balanced view of public opinion. But does it, 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 just, just it, it? It's not foolproof. I don't think even the most, um, you know, the most audacious advocate of opinion polls will say it's 100% guaranteed. Yeah. What it is, I think, and these are my words, not his, what it is is the best that you can manage in the circumstances. I think these days we ought to talk about the legitimacy or, or the, the kosherness of telephone polling. It's a very, very old way of doing it. When he did that one, you know, the big one when he had people download a little app and everything yes. about you, that got massive feedback. It was credible. You had to put your ID yeah. card in. I telephone think- polling, you don't know who's on the other end of the line. It's that simple. Well, they do know who they're calling, actually. They do know who they're calling because they... they, 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 they um, take the names off the electoral roll. There's not a, ra- a random... But it um, depends who picks up the phone in that household. It, it, it does indeed. Look, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not... Yeah, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to say that this is foolproof. All I'm going to say is that, that this, is a, this is a method of conducting um, opinion polls throughout the world. I mean, in Britain, for example, it's exactly the method that's conducted, which is used by Ipsos Mori, which is the biggest sure, of the sure. polling organisations. And... They have had, let's be entirely objective about it, they've had mixed results with that poll. Uh, with, with that poll, they, they actually conduct literally hundreds of them. But on the whole, on balance, they come out with a, a verifiable... Um, and the way it's verifiable is because a lot of them are about elections. So, you know, if you've predicted that the party X will win and party Y wins, you'll know your telephone poll hasn't been very successful. Yeah, I bet it was in days gone by. <coughs> the reason I bring well, this, this is, up is... this is currently. OK, the reason I bring this up is because these days, I mean, I think the percentage of people who own a landline is much less. Mm. And secondly, we are bombarded with spam yes, calls. Yeah, so yeah. think of those people who wouldn't answer. Yeah. No, no, all of these, all of these criticisms... That's right. why I question so, telephone so, survey. So, I mean, you know, I, I think what you then need to say is, well, don't place too much reliance on opinion polls, but it's, it's a useful indicator. It may be something more than that. And <coughs> if you are really, as the government claims to be, so concerned about public opinion, surely, surely it is beholden on them to say that if, as they're saying at the moment, if the majority of the people believe that the package is a good one the democratic 
legislators should vote for it, they must be able to say in the same breath, if the majority of the people don't believe the package is a good one, then the anti-Democrats should vote against it. I mean, surely, I don't see where the flaw in that logic is. All right, there's one thing, though. I mean, this is interesting, because we started off by just saying, I've been hearing in the news a lot, a poll done by these guys and that guys and these guys. Surely, is I don't know if it's the fault of the news people. Um, I don't know, because surely when they say a poll uh, conducted by the DAB, undertaken by company X... Shouldn't it be a bit more clear as who's doing this? Because yes, that way, if anybody yes, wants to do the I legwork, would, I, I would, they I can would, find out. I, that- I would say, and, and if the polling organisation will not disclose the nature of the question that it asked, I think as any responsible journalist should mention that. I mean, it's Not an, just say these are the results as though somehow the results in themselves tell you a lot. I think you need to know the context. I mean, and how many people? You know, how many as, people? The, the, the how many people were in the sample? They, they usually tell you how many people were in the sample. Not but on the, they, these ones. Oh well, well, I don't know. But you know, as as a sort of wet behind the ears journalist, I was always told that that the context is as important as the outcome of any story. Big question. So, Does it know, make a difference? Well. I think what would make a difference, if there really is a battle for public opinion underway, and there is, if the government is in any vague way serious about this, why don't they conduct a referendum? 21 minutes to 11. I want to get to an email here just before we crack on. Chris, good morning to you. Chris uh, often writes to us. He says, good morning, gentlemen. Carrie continues to tell untruths. Quote from her opinion piece in The Standard this morning... Although these 1,200 members are from four different sectors and mostly returned by elections, dot, dot, dot. Referring to the nomination committee, says Chris, has she any integrity left? Can anyone trust anything she says on this topic? And he does PS that he thinks telephone polls tend to be a bit duff because they're biased towards people who take the time to take part. Yeah, well, that, that must be the case, must it not? Anyway. I like, I like, I like uh, he's picked up something which I, I just love in politicians. You know, when, when, when black is not white but maybe grey, they go, well, mostly. I love that word mostly. I mean, to be well, fair to Carrie Lamb, she didn't she didn't invent it. It is actually used by mendacious politicians throughout the entire universe. So she's complying to a universal standard. Thank you, Carrie. Nice one, Chris. Thanks for getting in touch. Morning Brew at rthk.hk. Chris uh, Scott has just sent me quite a long message, which I can't I can't really proof right now. So if you can make it shorter, we'll definitely get to it. All yours. Well, well, we, we were talking about um, how can I put this and remain politically correct all in one thing. Oh, forget it. We're talking about Regina <laughs> and, and her outbursts, you know, basically saying that, that these Filipinos... Which one? Come we've, over. we've had the Hitler one. No, no, this is the... No, no, this is the one where she says, you know, all these women come over here and they take away expatriate husbands and they, they do... <laughs> Sounds like she doth protest a little. Yeah, but, but so then she says, I don't know how anybody could find that offensive. I was taken out of context. And then she said... And she sounds now like one of those southern plantation workers. You know, my niggers are the best workers I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Excuse that accent. Um, But she says, you know... I have them working for me, and they're jolly good workers. In they're fact, some of, them, some of them have worked for me for a very long time. So what she's now saying is, not only are they sexually promiscuous, but actually, as workers, the thing they're did- perfectly all right. Now, this woman, this woman has got, you know... <laughs> There's a word for it in Yiddish, which is chutzpah, and there's a word for it in English, which doesn't quite convey the same meaning, which is cheek. But, you know, let's put it all together. I mean, she's supposed to be in a leadership role in Hong Kong. 
She talks about a community of people who've lived here for a very long time. Some uh, of them... And, and can't live here officially. And can't live here, have no residency rights whatsoever, have brought up whole enormous swathes of children of middle-class families in Hong Kong. And she's saying, you know, well, you know, if I badmouth them, um, you know... Um, uh, Actually, I'm entitled to because I employ them and I know that they're, you know, I've, I've had them work for me, you yes. know. Yeah. I've done my loop. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, they've slept in. Yes. Oh, you know, untold luxury. The thing that just I didn't quite understand was the comment about, well, you know, I don't really see why I should apologise when, you know, I've had complaints about this. What, what, who, what is it? Why would anybody complain? And, we, and how? Yes. Well, you know, I mean, sort of, but this is the classic weasel to, weasel thing. You know, no, you, you, you know. As Secretary it, of Security, it, it, dangerous know, Filipinas. I, I'm not prejudiced myself. But, you know, I know a number of people who just don't like those black people and they're, they're quite appalling and they're smelly and I don't... But I'm not saying that. Other people it's are saying that. You know, this is, this is so repulsive as a way of weaseling your way out of, on the one hand, saying objectionable things about your fellow human beings and then going, oh, well, of course, I'm not saying it. I'm just repeating what other people say. I don't know of a racist scumbag on the face of the earth who hasn't used this same weasel excuse. So if, Regina, you want to be in that company, good luck to you. That's out there. I mean, we've, yeah. had, we've had lots of these things recently. Where this reminds me of that. Funnily, if none of them say this reminds me of the Cultural Revolution, but we're <laughs> nearly up there. This reminds me of so-and-so and the Nazis and this, that. Well, it just stop re- it. It just reminds me because, I mean, like all of us, we've encountered racists and, 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 and but people... But this is just thickness. You, this you, isn't... It, well, come on. It, it is. I think it's, it's, just, I think it's racism. It's just, I, I don't see why we should dignify it. When, it's what happens when you live in a bubble. That's and the kind I of attitude like, you What I like is... What I like is the bravery that Regina shows by by kicking the most defenceless people in Hong Kong. You know, ne- never challenge what, the powerful husbands. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, listen, we're not saying we're not saying, and, no. we, and we can't say no, that and she's a friend of yours said that. A friend <laughs> no. of yours said. Now, I, let me say that I'm not saying any of the things Absolute, that I've just I've, said. I've, but I've, I've had people writing in saying I've, all of those. I've things. I've never kissed a man, but I've kissed a man who has. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. But I mean, we're talking massive, massive, huge generalizations here and and but they have a purpose they have a purpose because don't ever lose sight of the fact this is a woman who is is will trample over dead bodies to become chief executive of hong kong and if she thinks that 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 involves trampling over the bodies of some of the most oppressed people in hong kong well boy that's a price worth paying you've got to play this down the middle yes you're absolutely right but you know the the criticism would then be like oh you're always playing the sympathy card no 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 we're trying not to you know, oppressed. Is that the right word? Probably. Maybe. Who so, knows? I mean, if you, if you bring people into a community solely for the purpose of work and don't give them any civil rights, I think that's... But it's that's just such a, a redundant That's a definition thing. of oppression. You know, people are allowed their opinions, and boy, oh boy, I bet there are worse opinions well, she, than that she, she, can, she can express her opinions, but, but she's got nuts. to expect to get to get back as good as she gives. To That's all I'm saying. Load, you know, ah. we, we do hear worse around town, you must admit. But, you know, because you, ca- because you know that if you say something, the news guys are going to be all over you like a hobo on a ham sandwich, why do you have to do it? Because there's a political agenda. Let's go to something else. Here. Let's go to something else. I, I, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by this. Um, I'm always fascinated by these audit commission reports because they, they turn up some quite good stuff. What they what they now shown is, and as it involves my most most favourite government department, the food and hygiene bureaucracy, whose whose sole purpose in life 
is to um, not worry really about hygiene and food standards, but to bother people who sell food uh, with, with pieces of paper. But they now find out... <laughs> you, you, I, I mean, I'm just laughing because you kind of knew that this was going to happen. So they set up these food hawker centres. And only a government department could say this. And, you know, the, what is the purpose of a food hawker centre? Well, if you're a complete idiot, you might think it's to serve food to members of the public at low cost. <laughs> nothing of the kind, nothing of the kind. What it is, is to allow people who already hold food licences to go into these centres and serve food to people who might want it. Oh, and incidentally... It's like a homeless shelter, isn't it? Yeah. That so nobody, <laughs> nobody who doesn't already have a licence can apply to go there. I mean, only a bureaucracy could devise that scheme. So already you've got a problem because there aren't enough people with food licences. It's very hard to transfer the licence to somebody else. Yeah. Then, in case somehow slipping through the net is a thriving food hawker centre, <coughs> you impose regulations so that they look as closely as possible like public toilets. So everything's got white tiles and, and they've got sort of a slight aroma that is not, how can I put it, pungent... So they're very unattractive places to go to. And guess what? Not many people go there. The net result, according to the Audit Commission, is that something like 61% of the stalls <coughs> in these food hawker centres are vacant. Blimey, that's a bit of a result. And in some cases, <laughs> there's been... What does it say here? There's two stalls that have been vacant for 29 years. I mean, that's that's a bit of a result. You couldn't really... If you're a bureaucrat, stopping people doing things for 29 years, I think whoever's responsible for that has probably been promoted. Must and, well be the head of department by and, now. And obviously John Jung has been watching Chef, <laughs> yeah, which is he, a great film. Because he thinks... <laughs> he thinks that this bunch of what's-its are going to allow mobile vans to parade around the... Tell me where they're going to stop. In That's the thing. It's a great oh, idea. It, it, it's a great idea. It's not going to happen. But so where are I, they going to stop? They'll get well, moved. Well, how are they going to get past the food and hygiene department? Don't even worry about where they're going to stop. Well, look, this, this is worth talking about because it comes from the top. He's obviously hungry. He's obviously hungry. <laughs> he fancies a hot dog. Hey, who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> but where, you know, you then imagine... Then if it was David Cameron, he could eat it with a knife and fork. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, during the election, they're so worried about how politicians eat food after the bacon sandwich debacle with Ed Miliband, who was shown not quite knowing how to eat a bacon sandwich, <laughs> that his spin doctors said, you know, if you're, going to be if you're going to be photographed eating food, be very sure that you've got the you right, right utensils. So he's now the only person on the planet who eats a hot dog with a knife and fork. You can't make this stuff up. Well, they've got their own hassles to deal with coming up soon, haven't they? You mean the election? Yes, I do. Yes, yes. Well, that's in... in it's in, a right in free about for all. Two, It's a right free for all. It's in about two weeks' time. And <coughs> jolly interesting it is, too, because, I mean, talk about uncharted waters. Scottish mind National you, Party Mind you, mind you, this does show the dangers of election, may I say. Oh, gosh, we're going to get that, aren't we? We are. We're going to have... It's uncertain. Who knows what the result will be? It's It, it, it causes debate and contention. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it I does. I was reading some stuff yesterday that said... Um, <laughs> the Scottish nationalists are looking quite healthy here, and it's almost like payback for the... Yeah. Scottish nationalists, I think, are going to sweep the board. Uh, obviously in Scotland, but I mean, you know... <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> well, they, they won't sweep the board in England and Wales, but, I mean, this is an extraordinary 
uh, political upheaval. I mean, anybody who knows anything about British politics will know that there, there were there were there were Labour seats in Scotland where you could almost literally put up a dead monkey and he'd still be elected because you know Tribe Scotland voted Labour. Yeah, it, it ain't it ain't to be taken for granted anymore. I suppose this is worth a mention because it is St George's Day. Just for a couple of minutes, Harvey told me about some survey that was done, or he read about the results <coughs> in the Guardian, and it was all mathematically. Da, 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 da. I used to work for the Guardian. It Did must you? be true. Oh, okay, fair play. <laughs> uh, but basically, they, they're projecting that the UK Independence Party that have really caused some hoo ha are looking for about they're going to get about three seats. Now, you, you probably know more about them than me. Is that three too many? I think it's three far too many. I've never... I mean, when you talk about scumbags, the United uh, Kingdom Independence Party comes very much to mind. I I mean, they have... I think much greater support than will be reflected oh, yeah, in, in the number to. of seats that they get. But because of Britain's consti- uh, constitutional uh, setup, where where people vote in constituencies rather than having proportional representation, their support is too thinly spread across the country to be translated into a large number of seats. But this is a very dangerous party. I mean, this is a party that basically has one. Um, one policy, and, and they dress it up in fancy language, but the one policy is foreigners are no good. Foreigners bad. Foreigners bad. Foreigners I've been with, a foreigner foreigners myself. Foreigners with domestic helpers, very bad. <laughs> oh, God, or, yes. Or rather good. <laughs> yes. Anyway, let's go to a couple of emails here. Scott did uh, pare down his email, but let's see what he says. He said, if the government is stacking the voter registry with mainland voters, and he puts in brackets, see last election in the New Territories, where several cases were discovered but never prosecuted, carries on and controls the context of the referendum, then how would you trust it more than a poll? Well... He has a point. I mean, you know, if you, if there was the smallest attempt to have a referendum, and I see no danger of the government actually consulting the people, but, you know, were, were that to be the case, sarcastic, um, you'd have to be a bit careful about how it was organised. I, I understand what he's saying there. I got another email from Dennis who says, Barry Chung jailed this morning for failing to pay an employee. ATV serial offenders not prosecuted, no one jailed. He says, Why does, what does this say about the rule of law and a lot of other aspects. Well, I, I think Barry Chung is, is an admirable fellow. I mean, after all, he ran C.Y. Leung's election campaign. C.Y. Leung seems to have forgotten that. <laughs> it's funny how they get amnesia about these things. Oh, we've seen that. But we've seen that we've a few seen times. We've seen that a few times. But North Korea. <coughs> he's been... <laughs> he's, his, un- his uncle ran his... <laughs> and he turned him into pedigree chum. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> you can't you can't really criticise a chap for that sort of behaviour. Yeah. But in this case, you've got... Um, uh, a, a, a very, very high-profile supporter of the chief executive of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region, no less, uh-huh. who, it turns out, uh, not only did he run his company into the ground, the Hong Kong Mercantile Exchange, he didn't pay his staff, people who invested in that company lost money, but apparently while all of this was going on, and this is what the judge said, you know, he managed to enjoy a, a reasonably lavish lifestyle, so that was all right, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, if people in ATV, which which has been a slavish supporter of the government, don't pay their stuff, well, those regulations just don't apply to them. And yeah. I think that's fair enough. That's what the rule of law means. One rule for you and one rule for everybody else. It's, 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 the, it's I think we should just 
be fair and call it the double rule of law. Well, very often, you, you recently we've seen some things like this in the news, and don't you find yourself going, hang on a minute, <laughs> am I really missing something here? Yeah, Because this looks so bent. It just looks so bent. I, 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 I mean, you, you, you know, it, it's what they say in other places, is, you know, if, if you steal you steal a hundred bucks, you go to jail. If you steal a million bucks and you've got a suit and you walk. 